It's time for Lawyers for Jesus, a show about the dynamic and exciting interaction of faith and the law, featuring the attorneys from the law firm Malkin Baker in downtown Chicago. Malkin Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and for serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm John Malk, a partner and attorney at the law firm of Malk and Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys who focus on serving the body of Messiah with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to MalkBaker.com, that's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or call 312-726-1243. Are you ever confused, concerned, challenged concerning the Supreme Court, the abortion decisions, reparative therapy, helping people with problems of same-sex attraction, uh, and opposite-sex identities? Uh, What do we do about all this legal tangle? And how can believers navigate this and be good stewards of the time and the talents and the brains God has given us to help our society see Jesus through reform of the legal system. Today, we're speaking with Dan Gruber, who is an author, teacher, and student of the scriptures, often dealing with longstanding political and religious questions. He teaches the Bible and faith in Jesus, the Messiah, from a radical Jewish perspective, which has led him to a stinging critique of what I would call the fundamentals of our laws. Uh, You could call it legal philosophies, legal systems. But Dan, uh, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. Thank you, John. You've written a book called Kelson's Dilemma, Law Without Authority or Limits. What what is law without authority and limits? Why did you write this book? What's, What's the big deal about authority? Well, first of all, Hans Kelsen uh, was a leading positivist in the last century. Very significant. What's a positivist? Well, positivist, um, say a legal from a, a legal positivist would be someone who believes that there are no laws, principles, or values over humanity other than the ones that human government posits puts forth. So whatever the czar says or the emperor says or or the legislature says. Exactly. I mean, Kelsen's basic norm, the foundation for his pure theory of law was simply that people ought to obey the law. Okay. And whatever the law is. Whatever the law is. And that becomes, you say, ought a moral obligation to follow well, whatever the law is? The, the law is the moral standard? Well, he never defines what the ought is, but he leaves it as simply um, a circular de- meaning that it's a legal obligation. The law says you have to do it, and that is your primary and all-encompassing obligation. So he... Uh, he basically concludes that there is no authority for human law because traditionally authority can either come from God, from nature, or somehow from humanity, say social contract theory. But he goes through a process of regression where he says you have to keep asking the question why. So uh, we do this 
because the policeman says to do it. Why do we obey the policeman other than prudence? Well, because the state law, the federal law, the Constitution, we have to keep going back. And where, you, yeah, where does authority come from? Well, but but let's back up with Hans Kelsen. Uh, he's long dead, as I understand, gone to his reward, uh, or, <laughs> or, uh, or, or fate. But uh, what's his influence? Why does this matter? Well, he was perhaps the most uh, significant jurisprudent legal philosopher, say, of the last century, but he had a powerful impact on those who teach and do law in most of the world, less so in the U.S. because we're more inclined after the British system. And so H.L.A. Hart became, he was the leading positivist from within a, a British approach. But Kelsen in most of Europe and Latin America, if you want to talk about uh, philosophy of law, it has to be a dialogue with Kelsen. All right. And, and uh, Europe and Latin America and many professors in uh, the legal system in America really buy into this or buy into, into positivism. And, and just so people aren't lost, positivism is hugely influential uh, politically, that that people are saying whatever we make the law into, that's what you have to obey, and that's where we get to important issues like abortion, and uh, can we help people who uh, want to change their same-sex attractions, or is that illegal? You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm John Malk, partner of law firm of Malk and Baker. If you missed part of this episode with Dan Gruber or want to hear other Lawyers for Jesus interviews, visit MalkBaker.com. We have podcasts there. You can listen to them there or you can send them around to your friends. Uh, and I think this is an important interview. You might want to do that. You can also subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for legal updates with a biblical perspective. Dan, uh, why have you written this book, uh, Kelson's Dilemma, Law Without Authority or Limits? Well, actually, uh, I wrote it. To, to be a dissertation, but initially I wanted to write on the Nuremberg trials because um, the Nuremberg trials actually were positivist in that there were no fixed values. So, for example, the Katyn massacre, 13 to 15,000 Polish army officers uh, slaughtered. Initially, this was in the indictment against the Nazis, but before the trial actually began, it was found out that the Soviets had actually killed these officers, and so it was just taken out of the indictment, and, and no one and talks about it. And so it was no longer it. illegal and no longer punishable because uh, you had a, a different uh, uh, judge deciding. Right. Well, the Soviets were one of the judges, and without going into all the political dimensions of it, you, in, you have to make an accommodation. So we wanted them involved. There were many ways that the Nazi atrocities could have been dealt with. Uh, this was chosen for particular political reasons. 
but that's what I wanted to deal with. But um, well, exposing the Nuremberg trials as a show trial and are you essentially saying it was a sham. And, and and those are fighting words to a lot of people that, that think the Nuremberg trials finally brought the Nazis to justice. Well, justice was really not its concern because justice uh, demands that you have a standard of right and wrong. And that's a standard external well, wasn't to that, the law. Wasn't the standard that uh, uh, genocide is uh, wrong? No, because uh, the Soviets engaged in it. They had, a decade earlier, they had killed 14 million Ukrainians in what was called the terror famine. But, uh, I mean, we could talk about Nuremberg or we could get to Kelsen. Either either one is fine. Nuremberg brought you to Kelsen. Yes. Explain the steps there. Well, my advisor, uh, who was the only non-positivist on the the law school faculty. Where where was that at? I, I... well, Leiden in, in uh, the Netherlands, University of Leiden. But um, he suggested that I might, because of my interest in international law, get more involved in legal positivism because modern international law since then is positivist. It used to be based on a concept of natural law and the what, what is the concept of natural law? Concept of natural law is that there is law embedded in the nature of things. So virtually every culture everywhere believed in some form of natural law. The content varied from China to Africa to the Americas, but everyone believed that there was law already embedded in the nature of existence. Is that what the Pope's talking about when he says universal law? Um, The Pope and I haven't communicated lately, and I'm not familiar with what he said, so I don't want to presume, but possibly. Okay. And and so natural law, how does that relate to God and God's authority and, and biblical law? Well, as Kelson points out, Uh, He rejects the idea of natural law because he says nature is simply a a conduit for the will of God. Since nature has no will of its own, it can't impose law, law being a prescription of how you ought to behave. So, uh, and so Kelson rejected nature and he rejected God as well, leaving the only option being humanity, but he saw through regression that you couldn't find a source. So he just said it has to be presupposed. We know it's not true, but we presuppose that you should obey the law that's given. Well, then then Hitler, Stalin, and the American uh, positivist system are all on the same page and agreeing that whatever we come up with, that's what you got to follow. Well, in a sense, that's that's very true. In Germany, there was what was called the Fuhrer Prinzip, which basically amounted to the Fuhrer is the law. And in uh, for Stalin, Stalin was the law. It was the same in the Roman Empire when, when Jesus was dealing. Coming up, I will talk further with Dan Gruber, Messianic author and teacher, about what is our duty to God under the law 
and how that impacts our behavior and our politics. I'm John Malk, and this is Lawyers for Jesus. Hi, this is Pastor McCracken, pastor of the Church of Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in Markham, Illinois. For the last four years, our church has been struggling to overcome the city's efforts to shut us down. In the midst of all of our legal issues, we felt overwhelmed and discouraged. All we wanted to do was worship the Lord and serve our community. We needed a law firm that not only had the knowledge of the law, but the same commitment of the kingdom of God. The Lord connected us with the law firm of Malcolm Baker. The attorneys at Malcolm Baker have not only provided us with exceptional legal representation and counsel, but have also provided us with the added gift of lawyers who pray with us and seek the guidance of the Lord at every step. After working with Malcolm Baker, we can't imagine working with anyone else. If your church or ministry has any legal needs, please call us, 312-726-1243, or look us up online at maukbaker.com. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Malk, an attorney at Malk & Baker, a law firm in Chicago which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals in their legal needs. If you missed the first part of this show and want to listen online, go to maukbaker.com, M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com forward slash radio. Today we're talking with Dan Gruber, messianic author about his book, Kelson's Dilemma, Law Without Authority or Limits. And this important issue arises, if law is without authority and without limits, what are our obligations as citizens, as followers of Jesus uh, to the law? Should we disregard the law? Where does it, uh, how does it impact our lives? What do we need to do? Well, James Madison, who was the primary author of the U.S. Constitution, said, It is the duty of every man to render to the Creator such homage and such only as he believes to be acceptable to him. This duty is precedent, both in order of time and in degree of obligation, to the claims of civil society. Before any man can be considered as a member of civil society, he must be considered as a subject of the governor of the universe. And if a member of civil society do it with a saving of his allegiance to the universal sovereign, we maintain, therefore, that in matters of religion, no man's right is abridged by the institution of civil society. Well, the Bible, of course, doesn't talk about religion. It doesn't mention it. It's not a biblical word or a biblical concept. God's concept is government. So if you, for example, talk about the kingdom of God, it's not some mystical thing. It's a form of government. And government without law doesn't exist. Law is the primary means by which government takes place. So the purpose of law is to coerce in various ways. I mean, there are a variety well, of purposes. Co coerce, protect, teach. There are a lot of purposes of law. But to co there are, but to coerce people to behave according to the values of the law giver, law maker. So all law is. Uh, in the words of, of John Austin, uh, the father of legal positivism, basically it's a morality with 
coercive sanctions attached to it. All right. So when we're talking about law, we're talking about whether it's positive law, uh, that description, or uh, natural law, that is the law we, we sort of derive as a universal uh, human experience, or God-given revealed law, that is from the Bible. Well, in the Bible, God's law is the construct. God has authority. All authority that is, is from God. That doesn't mean that all powers that are, are from God, but all authority. Authority is the distinction between what's legal and what's legitimate. So if a law or a decree is legitimate, then there's an obligation to obey it. If right, it's, then go back to James Madison and, and summarize that wonderful quote that you read, because I think that's that's uh, kind of brings it together. What is our obligation as believers? And, and let's make it for American believers, listeners here. What is our obligation uh, in uh, in our interaction with American law? Okay, let's make it not for American believers or not for believers. Let's make it for all people, because okay. that's what he's saying. He's saying there is a creator who's the source of all authority, and the obligation to obey him proceeds in time and exceeds in degree of importance, priority, uh, any claims of civil society, because civil society is one of the authorities that God has established, and it, it, its jurisdiction is limited by authority, the authority of God. Okay, now this is some heavy stuff, but we're going to have to deal with, with Romans, which says, submit to the authorities that are established by God, for there are no authorities except what God has established. And many believers say, whatever the law is, or better or worse, I need to follow it because the Bible says I need to follow that. Okay. And and Dan, how do we how do we deal with with Romans? Well, we suggest that people should actually read the Bible because that kind of conclusion has nothing to do with what's recorded in the Bible, nor does it have anything to do with the way the man who wrote Romans lived. You can see that he was under authority, God's authority, but that sometimes put him in the, in the position of rejecting and refusing to obey civil authority. You're saying Paul uh, rebelled and did not obey civil authorities? Give us some examples. Well, you, you wrote a book about uh, Paul on trial. Why was he on trial? Uh, he was accused of creating a new religion. Well, actually, you're going beyond the text, but of of doing something that was against Roman law uh, for Jews and Judaism, there was special accommodation in uh, the Roman Empire. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm John Malk of Malk and Baker, and we're talking with Dan Gruber, Messianic author of Kelson's Dilemma, Law Without Authority or Limits. So you were talking about Paul, and he was on trial uh, in the book of Acts, and he was, he was accused, uh, I, I believe, of, of 
trying to create a new religion, which was against Roman law, and also inciting, inciting riots. But he wrote in Romans that we are to submit to the authorities. So uh, some people would just say that his life and the scripture are contradictory. How do you reconcile those if you can? Well, people who say that don't understand what authority is. There's a difference between authority and power. There is power to compel. There is authority to command. So um, authority is the right to command. So a law, all law is value-based. So let me give you a quotation from Leslie Green, who's currently a leading legal positivist oh, oh, okay. at Oxford. Okay, because the que question that's in a lot of people's mind is I talk to my friends and they say, don't impose your biblical values on us because we're supposed to be a nation that has no establishment of religion. So don't bring your Bible and and pro-life teachings into the law. So what's what's the, the quote here? Okay. Who, who's the man you're quoting? Well, the problem is those people don't understand law or values. They haven't thought things through. Leslie Green is currently a professor of jurisprudence at Oxford. He's... Um, All right, the, professor at Oxford. That's a credential. Right. Uh, with whom on many things I would disagree. But he says... The necessary content thesis, law has to have content, and the justice aptitude thesis together establish that law is not value neutral. Although some lawyers regard this idea as a revelation and others as a provocation, it is in fact banal. The thought that law could be value neutral does not even rise to falsity. It is simply incoherent. Law is a normative system promoting certain values and repressing others. Law is not neutral between victim and murderer or between owner and thief. When people complain of the law's lack of neutrality, they are in fact voicing very different aspirations, such as the demand that it be fair, just, impartial, and so forth. A condition of laws achieving any of these ideals is that it is not neutral, in either its aims or its effects. So law is given for a purpose. If there's no purpose for it, it's not given. It's a command, uh, not solely a command, sometimes it's prescriptive, but it lays out what must be done uh, for, certain, uh, for certain goals, for certain actions. It's a behavioral standard for society. And it sets values. It is, yes, it is a societal morality. So if anyone says that law should be valueless, that's, that's what Green was talking about. It's an incoherent statement because necessarily there are values, whether it's a saving life, because we all agree you shouldn't have murder, but we don't all agree you shouldn't murder unborn children. Right, and Green was saying this uh, knowing well that HLA Hart who had been two generations earlier the professor uh, of jurisprudence at Oxford, had given a talk at Harvard, the Oliver Wendell Holmes uh, lecture on uh, the separation of law and morality. Wow. Dan, thank you for speaking with us today. Where can people get a hold of your book, Kelson's Dilemma? 
Amazon. Amazon.com. You can uh, pick it up. Yeah, and you have a website too? Yes, ElijahNet.net. So E-L-I-J-A-H-N-E-T dot N-E-T. ElijahNet.net. Two nets in there. That's right. All right. Go there and, and, and learn more from this Messianic scholar. If you have a legal need or question and want a perspective of a local believing attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243. Or better yet, go to MalkBaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Visit our website. We have a free religious liberty newsletter with legal updates. Uh, you can pray for us. We will pray for you. Mention Lawyers for Jesus. We'll give you a free consultation. Thanks for listening. I'm John Malk, attorney at Malk and Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus. have to serve somebody Yes indeed You're gonna have to serve somebody